0: Welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, the podcast for entrepreneurs interested in fast growth and funding, powered by EHE Capital. Okay, so this is the second podcast actually in the EHE podcast series. In the first podcast we talked about, you know, myself and Gary, and obviously Gary's joining me again today. And in the first podcast we kind of discussed a little bit about mining Gary's entrepreneurial background and some of our successes and well, badges and scars really and we also discussed EHE Capital and you know we kind of touched on some of the stuff as to why a little bit different a different way of funding and why it was aimed at out-and-out entrepreneurs supported by entrepreneurs and delivered by entrepreneurs So today, what I thought we'd have a chat about is something we call the four M's. Now, the four M's actually stand for mentoring, mindset, membership and money. And we're going to each one of those items. But ultimately, what they add up to are the entrepreneurial freedoms that motivate you and make you want to get up in the morning and thrive kind of thing. So, you know, I think it's fair to say that EHE aims to deliver value well beyond the remit of maybe traditional investors And we do that by providing kind of four key ingredients. High-velocity growth, again, that's where the mentoring and the mindset and so on, that kind of support comes in. And it's all kind of centered exclusively around the entrepreneur themselves. So let's, you know, go into each one of these things. So let's start with mentoring. And I know, Gary, you know, your background, you've mentored many, many entrepreneurs. So I'm sure you've got some pretty interesting things to say about that and maybe some stories about it as well.
1: Uh, Thanks, Guy. Yeah, I think it's a key part of the growth of an entrepreneur and his business, actually, or her business. And I've been mentored myself. I can remember quite early on in my entrepreneurial career, somebody saying, Gary, you don't know what a good finance director is. And you can imagine my egotistical self goes, "Mm, I think I do. And I'd say, you know, that could be 15, 20 years ago. And I'd agree now that I didn't at the time. And that was a really bit of good advice. And I've worked with some excellent finance directors over the years. And at that time, I didn't know what a decent finance director was. And then flip that on the other side as chairman and investor in other companies. I can remember sharing, I think it was the second board meeting, where the CEO brought in a sales person to deliver a presentation. And it was pretty obvious to me that this person didn't quite know what they were doing. And so afterwards... I quietly shared with the CEO, you know, my honest opinion, that this person wasn't right. And he took a front to that, actually, same as I did when I was thinking about the FD. And subsequently, he sacked that person 18 months later. So, you know, there's a maturity curve, I believe, for an entrepreneur. And where you are on that actually has nothing to do with age, actually. It's just where you are on your experience and maturity as a character and understanding yourself, really. Because an entrepreneur can't do everything. Often they think they can, often they have to at the start, but they need to know where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are and how to cover them up and to get people who have been there and done it to help and advise them. And that's a really key part. Yeah, I 100% agree with
0: that. I and mean, I can actually, one of the first people I brought in to help me was a finance director as well. So, common trait we have, Gary, that we're not great with figures. We want them presented in a way that they're easily understandable, simplified, and we can digest them. But, yeah, absolutely agree with everything you said there. And I think another problem, actually, is that, you know, you've mentioned that entrepreneurs don't know what they don't know. And I 100% agree with that. You know, sometimes they don't realize that they do lack experience in certain areas. And in other areas, they're really good and naturally really good. And that's what really they should be concentrating on. But I also think that sometimes entrepreneurs don't know where to look for help and maybe are a little bit afraid to ask for it because it's seen as a weakness. So, and I think that's where, you know, effectively where probably non-exec come in and, you know, whether that's a non-exec because you've taken on funding and, you know, a non-exec is introduced to your board to protect the shareholders' interests at that point or whether it's a non-exec that you bring on board during your development. And, you know, for me, you know, I wrote a blog in it actually a few months ago, that I think it was one of the top five things I did when I look back at some of the successes I've had, one of the top five things was bringing in a non-exec. And I wish I'd done it years earlier because they brought in experience that, you know, made me kind of sit back and look at the way I was doing things and improving certain areas. They question me, and no one else up to that point, You no, it's your company, no one questions you. And really, you don't want that. You want people to question what you're doing. So I think a non-exec or somebody who's kind of been there, done it, got the T-shirt, that either you take on yourself or is introduced into is a key
1: element to the success of any company. And I think there's a, there's a really important point there, Guy. I love those examples you give there, because I think they're absolutely right. But what the perception often is of the entrepreneur is that he gets questioned in the boardroom and therefore, egotistically, he or she is a bit nervous of that confrontation and looking perhaps a little behind the game. But where the value of a non-exec is, is not in the board meeting. The board meeting is almost a procession. It's in advance of that and outside of that, in the coffee shops, talking real stuff. And I think that's an important, if entrepreneurs are listening, is that that's where the real value is gained. Absolutely. OK, so we've kind of covered mentoring. And the second point we, you know, I mentioned was
0: mindset. And, you know, well, I know where to start this, with that one. It's huge. Well, I'll
1: tell, you where, I'll tell you where we should start. And I think we should give a lot of credit to Dan Sullivan, at strategic coach, because we've both been in his programme for probably close to 15 years. And he certainly reset my set, my mindset, in a whole load of areas. We could talk, and probably in other episodes we'll talk about it, The very first time I met Dan, he said to me, Gary, I can see what you like. You will earn more money the less work you do. And and at the time, I was like, what the hell is he talking about? That's ridiculous. But I've now learned that to be so true. Because if you're fast and busy and have no time to think, opportunities miss you by, you miss the focus on your business. And there's a whole range of things of why that is correct if you're the leader of a business and you're a busy fool, your team should be busy, but you definitely shouldn't give you time to think. And it linked to that wonderful Jay Abraham thing where work on the business rather than in it. And I think there's a lot to be said for that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, mindset, you know, you have to have the right mindset every day that you go into the office. And it might be, as you've absolutely correctly said, you know, and Dan had a similar effect on me with some of his, you know, the lessons he kind of taught us both. and. Yeah, he, he's a master of mindset. And I think when you, you know, when you go through tough times, actually, that's when mindset is the most important thing, because you've got to see past the tough times and you've got to have the mental agility, you've got to have the mental stamina and just the ability to have a look at the situation pragmatically and calmly work out the way that you're going to get out of the situation that you're in. And, you know, that is absolutely mindset driven. So I think mindset comes into its own when you're under pressure and it helps you deal with that kind of pressure, the day to day pressures, the one off pressures. You know, COVID is a great example at the moment. Who would have realized the effect that that would have on a business? Imagine if you're a business in the events industry, for example, you know, how do you reset and then? say, okay, well, look, this has happened. We've got to deal with this. We've got to bring some money in. We've got to absolutely fundamentally change the
1: way that we do things. And that's all kind of driven by mindset. Uh, can I build on that guy? Because I definitely identify with that. The one the bit that I find interesting is that I used to have two faces. I used to have at-home panic-like-crazy face with my people that I knew and trusted. And then I had my work because I had a senior team. And you build a team around you but you don't share that with them. There's two faces. You've got to give them absolute positivity. As you say, this is what we're going to do now. This is the plan. I've worked it out. What do you think? And work it out together. You can't take your own personal worries and share them. I think it's a leadership thing, really. You have to take them internally. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I think there's different types of mindsets as well. You know, we're both members of the A360 community, which is a, it's almost like a community of people who are really interested in the future of technology and how it's going to affect their business moving forward. And, you know, Peter Diamandis, the guy that leads that, you know, he's a close friend of Dan's. He talks about having an abundance mindset. And actually, rather than kind of, you know, perhaps listening to mainstream media all the time and all the bad news stories and, you know, all the stuff that happens on a day-to-day basis that isn't good, which the media is great at telling you about that. What you don't hear about is the really great stuff that's going on. And actually, when you peel everything back, you know, the abundance mindset says that we are – humanity is improving all the time. When you look at a graph over, you know, for the last two or 300 years, we – are becoming more and more abundant. Now don't get me wrong, there are absolutely areas that need to be improved on and there are anomalies to that. And you know, some nations, for example, are richer than other nations and so on. But we are as a race heading in the right direction consistently and becoming more and more abundant. And and the reality is that you know we've man over the years has dealt with every single major catastrophe that's ever happened to them. And they've found a way around it and they've moved forward and, you know, carried on improving all the time. And it's that kind of, you know, that's another really important mindset, having an abundance mindset and a mindset of, you know, the what can be achieved and, and looking at things positively. The one thing I love about the strategic coach community and the abundance community, they're both hugely positive people in there positive they look at the world in the right way yeah and they look at the opportunities and they look at how they can improve the world in either very small way or in some cases big ways you know that is a mindset really important for any entrepreneur
1: it is avoid the cnn completely negative news i think it stands for i think that's his mantra isn't it yeah. and actually you know in terms of media the newspaper and the news i've never probably for the last 20 years i've not watched them I think uh, it always fascinates me that people watch the 9 o'clock news and then go to bed and there's always murders, deaths, stabbings all around the world they pick up on all the negative stuff that it's not the best to go to bed on really but anyway, that's another story anyway, what are we on? Well, well We've done yeah, two.
0: we need to move to membership so membership actually is all about community and, you know, for me any modern business has to engage with their community whatever the community that is You know, we believe in that strongly as as a EHE capital. When we launch our platform, it will be a community-focused platform. We want people to come onto it every day to read, you know, about the positive stuff that's happening around the world, the stuff that they need to know about that will help shape their thinking around their business and all that kind of stuff. And we want, you know, people to exchange ideas. So we'll be building, you know, facilities in there for people to, to chat with each other And, you know, maybe ask the community how to solve a problem. And you'd be amazed at how many people want to help and don't want anything for it. They just enjoy helping other people. So I think this whole idea of membership and community is absolutely vital moving forward for any organization that wants to be successful and wants to achieve
1: high growth. Right. Great. I think I've got I've got an interesting link. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> between That's the last, between, <laughs> a segue between the last two and it's actually our ethos really ehe which is you know let's share information free information to entrepreneurs to help them grow develop raise finance in the right way understand the pitfalls so all that information will be free on podcasts and blogs etc and then that segues into if the entrepreneur feels we're trustworthy which hopefully they do then they could call on us to raise capital at the right time in their growth. And we can help them do that. And I think those last two, that community and money, so membership community and money, the last two, I think are really nicely linked. That's how we do our business. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the segue couldn't have been better because the last thing we want to
0: talk about is money, Gary. I mean, <laughs> you should do this for a living maybe. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it, I've said it before at Thomas holidays. I'd only raise my mortgage and post finance holidays, we'd probably raise, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds. So there's quite a lot of learning in that process because everyone thinks money's money. But where it comes from, how they treat you, how they don't, you know, what your involvement is, what your constraints are. There's so many questions around raising money that people just don't know. And I think that's one of the things that we want to share and enlighten people, help.
0: Yeah, I see, strings attached scenario, isn't it? You know, you might be delighted that a company believes in you enough to give you your money, but you have to look deeper than that. You have to look at what, you know, how they're going to help you develop your business. I'm going to do a little bit of a nice segue. Well, I, I hope anyway, back to the, you know, the whole mentoring thing in the fact that, you know, you can take money off probably a number of companies in reality but what you're looking for is you're looking for a company that understands your mindset as an entrepreneur and wants to work with you with that mindset what you don't want is you don't want somebody coming into your organization that perhaps hasn't even run a business before and certainly might not be have the same entrepreneurial mindset as you so it's important you look for a partner that gets entrepreneurs understands the need to take chances take risks not run it by a spreadsheet, but still have very sound financial management accounts going on in the background. So you know exactly where you're up to with your cash flow, you know, with the profit and loss and everything else, the balance sheet that comes with it. But it allows you the freedom and works with you and encourages you to try things because by trying things, you innovate. And when you innovate successfully, then you differentiate. And, you know, that stands you in really good stead. And if you can get that kind of, thinking mindset culture within your organization not just with the with the with the ceo but throughout the leadership team that then filters down into the teams below and you know kind of links into the whole cultural thing which we will be talking about actually in a future podcast about you know setting up the right kind of cultural platform so i think money's great and we all need it and businesses need it to grow quickly but you need to look deeper. You need to look what you're going to get with that money. Is it the right kind of support? Is it the right kind of people behind it? What value are they going to give you and what they're going to add?
1: I think we've probably done the four M's. There's a lot more to it, but obviously it just gives gives people a bit of a feel for where we add value. I guess. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. See you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. Visit the EHE Capital website ehe.capital for further insights and to join the EHE community.